0: didn't
1: know you didn't know i am your host good job lacy and i'm your co-host nolan lacy you know we've been uh we've been traveling around a lot looking for stories and uh uh, good job i believe you stumbled across this story that we are presenting this week it was kind of incidental to uh what you were looking for was that correct it really was um you know, it wasn't what I initially set out to find. Well, it kind of
0: was, but um, the story kind of delivered itself, really, when you think about it. The economy has been been getting better over the past decade since you know the the, the big recession, oh eight, oh nine, that sort of thing. And so there's yeah. been a, a general uptick. But I wanted to look into the everyday man. Uh, how are people faring? I don't know about you, but when everything kind of fell apart, I was just graduating from college. Trying to get into the workforce and that really put a damper on the economy and the market that I was trying to get in at the time.
1: I was I was just starting college, and uh, it was difficult for everybody. There was, you know, the the housing market for sure, but a lot of places, the the small economies of small towns just couldn't handle it, and uh, a, a lot of places were propped up by one or two small businesses. Sure. I, I believe that's the crux of what was going on in this, you know, the the base camp of where this story happened. So yeah, I I, I took
0: off, and I wanted to find out in small town America how people were doing these days. There's all sorts of industries that we might want to see come back, but just due to the fact of where we are as a society and as a country that things are changing. Times are changing. People have to learn to adapt and be flexible. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, thinking about how you can adjust and adapt and, and go forward.
1: But it feels like in a lot of these small towns, you know, with these larger businesses taking over their entire economy that it's almost worthless to get money and it's better to just get, you know, company scrip as they had in the early 1900s where, you know, you live and work for this company and you might as well get money that's more valuable to the company to survive right. than just right. getting American dollars. Because they already because have,
0: they, they, they own everything in the town anyway.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, this story, it, it, it touches on that, and I ended up finding out a lot more about the people of the town, and about myself, really, which I think all of our listeners can appreciate. Not not necessarily about me personally, but that we all might be able to f- learn something about ourselves through through our stories here.
1: I feel that if that's the lesson you're taking away from what we're presenting, then then we've done the job we've set out to do, even if we don't always necessarily finish it exactly exactly it's it's sometimes just kind of sits cold unheated honestly though but sometimes it's better cold you know what
0: i mean that's true yeah
1: that's true
2: yeah
0: anyway let's let's dive into it um my recording it picks off uh excuse me my recording it picks up on around the second day into my assignment once i ran across a, a guide who helped me in this local part of the country and we'll, we'll we'll let the story pick it up from here. All right, let's get into it. As the mid-afternoon sun beat down on our necks and shoulders, I could feel the first nervous twitch of regret at taking this assignment. However, the years of professionalism under my belt allowed me to quickly tamp down the unhelpful emotion. We paused at a fork in the road. I wiped the sweat from my brow as I looked to see what my guide would do. Coming to a stop in the middle of the road, he squinted into the distance, and his wide brimmed hat cast a dark shadow across his face as he examined both of the roads ahead of us. One led north towards the foothills of the mountains, and the other east, towards the outlying towns, and eventually to the shore. My guide reached into his satchel and withdrew one of the thin, crispy breadsticks he carried, and the scent of garlic and thyme wafted through the air. He tossed the breadstick up into the air and took a step back as it tumbled to the ground, clearly pointing down the eastern road. He readjusted his pack and zipped up his leather bomber jacket. As he turned down the stone and dirt road, the heel of his heavy boot crushed the delicious breadstick and his red scarf whipped back in a sudden breeze. Crumbs scattered into the wind as the Red Baron took off at a steady pace towards the outlying towns near the shore. I was two days into my most recent assignment to investigate some of the crumbling industries in local areas. Whether it was pager manufacturing plants, brick-and-mortar movie rental shops, or even payphone cleaners, I had been given a pretty wide berth, not to mention budget, and I ran into the Red Baron when passing through the frozen food section. I asked him what he was looking for, but he only ever said one thing about it. Redemption. Which, as far as I'm concerned, makes for a great start to a story. So I decided to tag along with him. While the Red Baron seemed a little cold at first, he warmed up once you got to know him. And as we approached the first desolate town, I could tell that my intuition would pay off here. Although the small town seemed pretty run down, it looked as if it had once been a bustling mecca of trade and commerce. Surely I'd find the story I was looking for. The main thoroughfare through the town was well-worn, albeit sparsely used these days. It looked like everyone in the town was being driven around by scruffy-looking young fellas, and what seemed to be Camrys, Accents, and Honda Civics. Hey,
2: pizza time!
3: Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah get your pizza
4: Delivery, boys. I hate delivery, boys.
0: We continued in towards the main square of the town. A wiry-looking man came shambling out into the street to greet us. He was dressed in a dirty shirt and baggy brown pants being held up by brown suspenders. He had a long white beard and a battered brown hat on his head. He shambled towards us on a rickety old cane. The Red Baron maintained his pace as the little man hustled to keep up with us.
5: Oh, hey there. You must be new here. I'm one of the Hunt brothers. The last one, actually. Yes, have you come here to make your fortune? Maybe earn a little dough? Maybe do a little topping smuggling? Quite a possibility of that. Or maybe you'll end up dead. Yes, sir! (laughs) This town's not big enough for two pizza gangs. This one, this is the Papa J Gang. Their leader is the Godfather, after the original Papa John left. And this gang over yonder? Well, that one's led by Little Caesar, but don't let his name fool you, no. It's not just romaine lettuce and croutons over there, no, no, no. He's a tough pizza, too, yes, sir. Me, though? Well, I'm your friend. Surely remember me when you make it rich, yeah? I welcomed you here. Now, don't you forget me, the last hunt brother, yes, sir, that's my name."
0: We paused, and the Red Baron cocked an eyebrow quizzically at the small man. Eventually, we continued in the direction we had been, which also happened to be the same direction that the Hunt brother said led to Little Caesars.
2: Like pizza? From now until the end of the episode, order online using special promo code after the plot to get 20% off your next medium pizza. Order it Good Job's way with green peppers and salami. That's 20% off your next medium pizza with special promo code after the plot.
0: Eventually, we came to a large house on the side of the road. Several rough-looking individuals were posted up near the fence of the house. And while the Red Baron gave the house a wide berth, not wanting to start trouble, the men had other ideas. Well, well, well. Looky here, boys. Looks like we got ourselves a tourist. The Red Baron slowed and looked in the direction of the commotion. I made a point to quickly get out of the road and hide, or, er, and crouch behind some barrels. For journalistic purposes, you know. Now, somebody help me here. Somebody tell me what day it is. It's Thursday, boss. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, uh, the buffet ain't open on Thursdays. But it looks like this guy here, he thinks he can just, uh, waltz on up
4: to it. Gentlemen, pleasant days and long nights to you. Just passing through, looking for lodging for the night.
5: Hey boss, do we mean lodging like they got at the
1: California pizza kitchen? In the middle of town? Cram it, you pipsqueak. For
0: Christ's sake, you flap your gob more than a noodle chef pulls noodles. Now, don't let my store manager my franchisees here fool you. The name's Tharo, the right-hand man of the boss, Little Caesar. And I can tell you, you ain't welcome in this town. So I suggest you make like dried basil and fucking leave. Suddenly, Sparrow drew breadsticks on the Red Baron, along with his two lackeys. The Red Baron's hand fell to his hip, where the end of his red scarf obscured the razor-sharp pizza cutter at his hip an electric tension suddenly filled the air. As the gang members held their deadly pointed spears of focaccia and olive oil deliciousness in the direction of the Red Baron, he slowly tipped his hat and backed away from the house. I quickly hurried to catch up with him as he made his way back in the direction we came, towards a run-down building in the center of town. It was just slightly on the better side of ramshackle. Half of the windows were boarded up, and the ones that weren't, were nearly all cracked or chipped in some parts. We approached the old batwing doors and the baron stopped, brushing dust off a sign on the wall. It read, California Pizza Kitchen. He strode inside and I followed. For a limited time only, get one two-topping pizza free with the order of two one-topping pizzas of equal or greater value. And try our brand new premium topping, Button Mushrooms. Don't miss out on this fantastic deal. Pick up the phone and get yours now.
1: Welcome back to the studio, everybody. This is your co-host, Nolan Lacey. And I'm here with our other host. Good job, Lacey. Hey, everybody. I do have some questions about this story. Sure, uh, sure. Um, you know, we we do meet up in this town, but I was not present for most of this. So I did not see... A lot of what you saw, I didn't get the yeah. same perspective coming into town. I, yeah. I, I definitely was brought in. I was patched in much later, so the the violence is surprising for such a small town. Uh, I think it's mostly good that they're straying away from gun violence. You know, that's that's another big issue in our society, but still to to think of using. Such strange implements on each other, you know, clubbing each other to death with stale bread. That's well. Still...
0: It, see, it wasn't necessarily clubbing. Some of these focaccia breadsticks, due to the moist, the lack of moisture, you can you can they're they're so brittle that you can shave them down to a point. Oh wow! So yeah, unfortunately, we we would see instances of 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 stabbings. Jeez. Yeah.
1: yeah. This this feels like really kind of a frontier martial law almost you know these these really is these two companies uh not even companies at this point two factions are fighting against each other Uh, i do have to say there must be a cottage industry of mechanics or really even just you know people holding oil on the side of the road for these older cars that the delivery boys are forced to use it was really interesting to see an entire town whose transportation was propped up on the
0: backs of these young men, pizza delivery guys, that you know, in addition to delivering pizza, also would deliver uh, people around town. But if we can I want to I want to harken back to your comments on the violence, and not that I want to downplay any violence that took place, uh, not only during the story but in the town. But I feel like it has a lot to do with, with perspective as well. You know, really? e- even even the, even the thickest of all hand tossed crusts, if you back up far enough is a thin and crispy crust. So it's really, where are we focusing?
1: I would want to play devil's advocate there and say, even if you back away from a, a nice, thick, hand-thrown crust, if it's so far away that it is, to your perspective, a thin crust, it's not worth eating at that point. How do you even eat it? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I know.
0: And now, in order to bring even a different perspective to the issues, we have a special guest with us today in the studios. We have, uh, let me see if I'm getting this right... Uh, professor Hiro Lindberger. It it's pronounced
6: gyro. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it's all
0: right.
3: It's, it's quite fine.
6: You know the uh, the same thing used to happen to uh, the inventor of pizza, uh, Doctor Raffaele uh, Esposito.
0: Well, and 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 to and to nail the point home, Doctor uh, Lindberger is a professor of flavonoid engineering in the Department of Food Science at, is this uh,
1: Rice University? Fried Rice University. Oh. Where is, uh, where's Fried Rice University? tex Texas. Hmm. Okay. So, Professor, thank you very much for coming on the show today. We really... It's a pleasure to to be here.
0: And the the reason I reached out to your department was after uh, we wrapped up our reporting in the field, we figured it would be good to have an expert in the area of... Uh, flavonoids, and if I'm understanding correctly, uh, you have a background in uh, pizza as well.
6: Yes, uh, almost exclusively now studying pizza, and uh, just just finding all the the different uses that people have found for it over the no, years, really. and and how we
1: have how our entire culture has kind of gravitated towards it. Mm. Well, we definitely saw a couple of uses. I mean sustenance you know that's the primary use i would oh, say yes but of course yeah to to see people fight with it and and use it as defense in some cases it, it oh. seems like the uses oh, yeah. for pizza really are
6: limitless oh you you have no idea the uh the ancient romans actually uh we have found fossilized pizza from the coliseums uh from which it was made into shields and swords and as your your crusty shield would break you could uh take the pointed edges of it off and throw it like a uh, a bat uh have you ever seen a show called um um the batman and the robin uh,
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah he yeah.
6: he has these things called batarangs which are like boomerangs but bat shaped and uh you could essentially do that with the uh the pizza crust some people would actually just eat the pizza crust and uh, oh have gosh. the jagged edges or, or sorry eat eat the pizza and, and have the jagged edges from the crust and they would just do that so would these uh, be professor would these be crust-a-rings or pizza rings well you know the science is still out on that I hmm. uh, y- y- you know historians can't agree on anything is is this fossil a, a dragon foot or a Dragon Vulva, we have no idea, we have no way of knowing, but the plaque store is closing in about three minutes, so we
1: got to make up a decision fast. Yeah. You know. True. So, uh,
6: true.
1: I do have a question about pizza dynamics. Um, yes. So, most pizzas, you see them are cut into eight pieces. You know, you, yes. you get the wheel and you cut them into eight pieces. However, the the larger and larger the pizzas get, the more square the cuts get. Now, is that... Because of the intrinsic properties of pizza, that the shape becomes more sided as the pizza gets bigger, or is that just because people are lazy and can't cut square or triangles out of pizzas in large size? Now you see, it's
6: it's less to do about uh, laziness. I, I see where you're coming from. It's it's a it's a common feeling. Um, no, it it comes from the fact that pizza. Uh, When it's cut into a bread tangle, uh, it changes the flavor profile of the entire thing. So uh, when when the surface area of the pie exceeds uh, what we call in the science uh, the Brooklyn Sweet Zone... It, it becomes too large to to really appreciate in a triangle form, and the bread tango makes it uh, uh, much easier to obtain. Because if it's a triangle, let's say this pizza is the size of, um, I I don't know, let's let's say a twenty foot wide pizza. You know, that's a lot 20, of pizza. Yeah, that's a lot of pizza. So you yeah. get a triangular slice of that. Well, now you've got a slice that's twenty feet long. What the hell are you 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 know? What are you going to do with that? That's true. But if you cut them all into uh, at max one foot bread tangles, then you're in a great you know you're in a good situation.
0: I just uh, just want to jump in here and say you're you're listening to uh, After the Plot on Final Plank Media. If you're if you're just joining us, uh, we have Professor Hero Lindberger, uh, who it's, is the doctor. It's pronounced gyro. Excuse me, uh, Professor Gyro Lindberger, who is That's okay. Professor of Flavonoid Engineering. Yes. Um, so. Uh, I, I appreciate um, you being in on the show. Uh, I feel like we might need to pick back up and uh, check in with a little bit more of the the story to see how how we're faring in, uh, in the small town that we've been researching in. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to hearing more. All right. Let's do it. The pizza kitchen looked like it had seen better days. A checkered pattern across the floor of tiles, which had once been black and white, were now both a dirty shade of gray. Booths lined one of the walls, the upholstery ripped and torn in the seats. On the far end of the place, a small arcade full of old video games booped and beeped in the corner. A portly man in a white chef's coat, white pants, and a tall white hat wiped down glasses at the bar. His uniform was immaculate, and as we approached, I could see the word Boyardee embroidered on the collar.
4: I'm looking for a room and a meal.
0: The chef set down the glass and rolled his eyes as he turned to reach for another smudged glass to polish. Hmm. And uh, lemme guess, you don't got no moolah to pay, eh? I can work. No, I do not need your kind of work. You take uh, some of these here cold beefaroni? And you be on your way, eh? You you and your friend. The chef went over to a large pot on the counter and dished out two bowls of beefaroni. He nearly slammed them down on the bar in front of us and plopped two spoons in between them. This is a whole town already dead, and everybody in it. They just don't know it yet. We both sat and I tucked into the congealed pasta. After the excitement and adrenaline from Little Caesar's place had worn off, I realized I was famished. The Red Baron continued to speak with Chef Boyardee as he nibbled at his pasta.
4: What's wrong with the town? Seems like it's got plenty of folks in it.
0: Yes, but it's not all the kind of folks that you want to have in your town, eh? There's a pizza war been going on for months. Both sides, they kind of back down. First, you had the Little Caesar Gang. I see you already met his main man, Sabaro. They took over the pizza market in this town after the original Papa Johnny left. However, that was only until the Godfather took a control of the Papa J Gang. The Don, he is a ruthless, especially when he lets loose his wild man, Chucky. That guy, he's a whack job Anyway, when the Don came to town, the competition started. At first it was a friendly back and forth, the Godfathers, maybe they added the pineapple, and then the little Caesar, he comes back with the ham. But before you know it, he's gone crazy with the chocolate pineapple bacon, and the mayo pizza. Or maybe one of the guys, he does a steak. And in the other competition, he spices it up a little bit with the steak and the wasabi. But before you know you got it, the mango tequila wasabi steak. People kind of thrive in a town like this. This a town hasn't gone crazy with the toppings. The Baron just smiled and took another bite of his cold beefaroni. What's it that smile for? Have you not been listening to what I've
3: been saying?
4: I'm beginning to like this place. I think I'll stay for a while. You, you, you can't! You are crazier than both of them!
2: Fed up with the lack of flavor in your life? Oh no, this salami's got no flavor. Call now to try the new Green Pepper Salami and Button Mushroom Pizza! Two for the price of one or get three for the price of five and we'll for in an order of Crazy Bread for only a dollar more. Call now to get this two for one or three for five deal today. And don't, and don't forget, forget the, the
3: crazy, crazy Bread! bread.
0: Once we finished our complimentary beefaroni, Chef Boyardi cleared our dishes and anxiously settled back to polishing glasses and tidying the empty bar. An unsettling silence fell over the pizza kitchen as the Red Baron sat back in contemplation, picking his teeth with a wooden toothpick that he had poured from a repurposed Parmesan cheese shaker. After a while, the Red Baron stood and moved for the door.
4: I'm going for a walk.
0: As he turned east towards the Papa Jay place, currently being run by the Godfather, the chef seemed to notice me for the first time, which wasn't surprising given the intense aura which the Red Baron seemed to possess. I mean, I wouldn't have noticed me either. Hey, what uh, what did you say your name was? Oh, uh good job, Lacey. I'm I'm here with after the plot. Ha. Huh. It's the oddest thing, but I feel like we know each other or something. Huh. Yeah, I I think you're right, Chef. After an awkward silence, the, uh, Chef moved towards the back of the kitchen and beckoned me to follow. Okay, come on, let's go on to make sure your friend he does not get himself killed. We passed through a large kitchen and into a narrow hallway which led to a set of stairs that spiraled up to a trap door to the roof of the building. From the edge of the building we had a clear view of the market square, as well as down each street leading to the two pizza gang headquarters. We could both see the red baron walking slowly but steadily in the direction of Godfather's pizza. Delivery boys in dirty accords and corollas kicked up dirt as they sped along the dusty roads. This is a crazy Baron! What does he think he's gonna do? Is he gonna go make a deal with the Godfather? Those are Papa Jay gang members, they do not play around. Hang on, I'm, I'm confused here. If the gang is led by the Godfather, then why why don't they call themselves Godfather's Pizza Gang? Like, why, why are they still hanging on to the, the Papa J moniker? Well, it harkens back to the brand loyalty. See, the original Papa, he was a pioneer in the pizza industry here in this town. That is, all until it fell apart, there was a leak of tape that made it into the media. It had a Papa John saying some pretty mean things about the CSMs. I'm sorry, CSM's? Yeah, that's a cheese starch and a marinara. Oh, okay. Anyway, it was a big mess. The papa went on and on and on about the rigatonis and the chicken parmesan. All
2: these stinking they can even go toe-to-toe with my pies. It's just when it we let mavericottis in our town. What, do you got some fucking chopped off veggies in there? Did you got these fucking Lizagnes coming along, eating into the family-sized meal market? I tell you what, I am... The fucking family size meal market. They don't even speak the fucking language. They let maverneries get all cozy with the fucking Ricardis. Now we got a bunch of little fucking pig mavercati babies around town. Like, I wanna fucking look at that when I'm on line at the bank. What are you trying to look like? Some fucking uppity la alavaca? Please.
0: So yeah, he kind of had to leave the town after that. That's when the godfather came in, and he brought the extra cheese with him so to speak. Oh, wait, look, your friend, he's uh, nearly there." By now, the Red Baron was cautiously approaching the Godfather's building. The neon sign hanging from the window which blinked and buzzed the word open illuminated the gingham tablecloths all over the tables in the establishment. Apart from the Baron, there was no one else to be seen on the entire block. He paused about twenty yards from the front door well out of range of anyone who might want to fling a sharpened breadstick between his eyes.
4: Hey, Godfather, watch this.
0: With that, he turned on his heels and strode in the opposite direction, directly towards Little Caesars. As he did so, we could see the doors crack open and blinds slightly separate as members of Godfather's pizza peeked out to watch the action. The Red Baron marched right back towards Sbarro and his store managers, who were still posted up where they had been earlier in the episode. Something wrong with your hearing, stranger? Didn't we tell you to get lost? Without warning, Sbarro drew an extra-long breadstick. Two store managers did the same, and a grizzled-looking franchisee reached into his pockets and emerged with two glass shakers filled to the brim with red-hot pepper flakes. They all rushed the Red Baron. With a flash, the Red Baron darted back to keep distance between himself and the attackers. Simultaneously, he drew a shiny pizza cutter. The 10-inch circular blade glinted in the sunlight and sliced right through Sabaro's breadstick, causing the other three men to pause slightly. The Baron quickly took advantage of this pause and rushed in, pizza cutter spinning wildly. Within seconds, all four men lay on the ground in agony. Sparrow was closest to the Baron, his hands at his stomach as thick red liquid flowed over his fingers and into the ground. Who... (coughs) Who are you? The Baron only stared at the injured Sparrow, flicking his pizza cutter clean and spitting it around one finger before holstering it back to the side of his leather jacket. Then, without a word, he turned and walked back into the California pizza kitchen. As he entered, I jumped up in consternation and surprise. Holy crap, dude! You killed those guys! What? Those men out there! All that blood! Jesus, man, you killed them! That wasn't blood. What? What what do what do you mean it wasn't blood?
4: No. It was marinara.
0: And with that, he walked to the bar, poured himself a glass of Chianti, today for this deal that won't last. Get one small pizza with two toppings for the price of two topping pizzas, one of each size medium to large, or two small and one large, and we'll throw in an order of super insane crazy bread for free. (laughs) And introducing the newest lineup to our menu, the green pepper seven layer salami button mushroom nacho cheese with a parfait dipping sauce pizza. Get yours today. Hello and welcome back to the studio, everyone. My name is Good Job Lacey, and you are listening to After the Plot on Final Plank Media. If you're just joining us, we are looking into the uh, crumbling and, again, recovering economy in small-town America. Uh, We have been investigating, um, in a, a current small town, the prevalence of... Uh, Pizza gang violence, Uh, and in order to bring a little more background, a little more clarity to the situation, um, in addition to my co-host Ronald Lacey, um, it's
2: Nolan. We are
0: also joined with Professor. uh, Let's see if I can do this right. Gyro Lindberger. Correct. Yes. Thank you. From the flavonoid engineering school. uh, Excuse me. From the flavonoid engineering department at the uh, right Fried Rice University. Correct. Yes. Thank you. So, Professor, something that I have been curious about ever since reporting and logging this story is um, before I embarked on this adventure, the, the encounters that I've had with pizza have been um, few, not necessarily far between, but, but few in nature. Um, you know, there is the team celebration pizza after Little League, there is a late night study group pizza. Um, there is uh, drunken 3 a.m. after the bar is closed pizza. But this story really brought to light a lot of the myriad uses of pizza. And my question for you is, in your research, in your studies, um, what are some of the other tactical or even military uses for pizza, <laughs> kind of like we've seen in our story so far?
6: You know, you, you you don't see it a lot anymore because it is kind of an archaic uh, form of combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but some families still hold a lot of honor uh, with with pizza combat. Uh, so I, I believe one of the the uh, more commonly known uh, sources of uh, pizza in the military was the durian pizza. Really? It was a pizza that was topped with uh, durian wow. uh, which you know to in, in some cultures it didn't work because it was a very pleasant fruit uh, but it, if for it, most of the world durian uh, for, for for people
0: who don't know is a very pungent tropical fruit Exactly. Yeah.
6: Yes. Yeah. This this was uh used in uh uh the Hundred Years War uh, well before the invention of tear gas, really? Uh, yes, yes. It was tossed like a discus to the other side of the battlefield, and uh, would they, they would, would just...
0: they toss it? When I think of a discus, I think of an overhand throw. But when I think of a pizza, I think of the underhand, you know, the two hand toss it up into the air. Is it was it one of those types, or or some type of combination of the two techniques? How did that? You, how did that work? You
6: know, I I. Uh... Uh, there's a big fuss in the historical, scientific, and anthropological study of of pizza warfare uh, over which way they throw it. Personally, we in the scientific side say discus. Wow. Um, Wow. And you know the wildest thing? The wildest thing about all this? No one ever thought to just eat it. No one one ever thought...
1: Really? Yes. When did... no No one...
6: when did people first
1: think to eat pizza?
6: You know, it's a lot sooner than you might think. Do you know uh, uh, famous Ray's Pizza in New York?
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
6: That's the first time. Wow. That's why, and that's why Ray's. You'll see copies of Ray's Pizza all throughout New York, is because he is seen as the patron saint of the end of pizza war.
0: Now, Professor, we've talked a lot about the the uses of pizza in and of itself as an item, as uh, an idealism, as an institution, but something that, another question that I have that arises frequently is, what about the surrounding environment during the eating, during the preparation, during the consumption, during the development of pizza? One one problem that I always run into is you know, I'm an avid, as, as my fans know, I'm an avid reader. Um, I, I read all sorts of texts and books and backs of things and sides of things and anything that uh, I can point my eyeballs at, I'll, uh, I'll read. Um, but something that, that happens a lot is while I'm preparing pizza, I, I, I have a hard time reading. Uh, I get dough on the pages. Uh, I get flour in between the illustrations. I might end up with some marinara on the spine. Uh, once I even found a, a pepperoni lodged between two two pages in a book, much like you would dry out a, a flour. As, as a reader, what can I do to get around this issue of not being able to physically maneuver a book and pizza dough simultaneously?
6: Well, I'm, I'm very glad you brought that up. Uh, a good solution for, for this is a, a wonderful site I've learned about called audible.com. What's, what's amazing is it frees up your hands for all kinds of activities. Uh, making pizza uh, uh, doing shadow puppets, creating a machine that not only cr- gives pizza life, but, but teaches it how to love, you know, you, you have so much more time and everything, uh, when someone else is reading the book to you. And, uh, have you ever used Audible before, Mr. Good Job?
3: Oh
0: yeah. We, uh, we frequently, uh, use it sometimes in the studio, sometimes in assignments, but, um, I didn't. I never thought of it as a solution to a pizza problem.
6: Oh yeah, no, it's it's the solution to the pizza problem, and it and in fact, I uh, I've created a, a coupon code for you on uh, Audible.com. Anyone oh. can get a thirty day free trial by uh, using the coupon code Final F-I-N-A-L-P-L-A-N-K. F-I-N-A-L-P-L-A-N-K.
0: Do you mean like they would go to the Audible website and then add in the tag Final Plank at the end of the URL? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yes. Wow, that's great. Well, Ah. you heard it from the professor. Uh, Check out audible.com slash Final Plank for a convenient solution to
1: an everyday pizza problem. So we've talked a lot about uh, violent uses of pizza, and you know, we've also (laughs) talked about eating pizza now that that... You know ended the pizza warfare is, is there some other use that we're missing i mean is there some other do you mean like uh, new developments oh new developments or maybe developments that were lost mm. a long time ago that that people once used pizza for gardening or for starting fires is, is there some some original use of pizza that we don't know anymore you know, if uh,
6: here's here's the sad truth is anything like that that we would have had, we uh, we lost in the fire of uh, the Library of Alexandria. There was wow. there was so much knowledge in there, and, and unfortunately, all of it that was pizza related was was lost. It seems like we don't
0: we don't learn from our mistakes, and you know, almost like history tends to repeat itself.
6: Yeah. Unfortunately. You know, it's, there's a lot of laws right now trying to be uh, passed to, to end the uh, marinara shed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the, on the streets uh, here and there. Well, and I, Professor, I'm sure
0: you know there are many lawsuits these days coming to light in different parts of the country litigating the, the humanity of pizza. You know, is is pizza a person— can pizza be a person? At what point does the life of pizza
6: start? Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. I, listen, I, this this really isn't the the, the area of study that I would like to, to talk about, you know, this, everyone has their own opinion about it and I just try to stay out of it. But scientifically speaking, uh, pizza does not gain a soul ever. Uh, because it is food Um, that's interesting i i always
0: uh, not that i disagree with you professor but at this show we like to give both sides of any story uh and let the listener decide for themselves one one things that i had heard uh is that not only does pizza have a soul but it it the very life of pizza begins at
1: convection see now i've heard that pizza it, it goes even further back than that uh, a lot of people like to say that when uh, pizza, w- when dough and sauce meet, that pizza is becoming pizza. Uh, and some people even take it even further back and say dough has the potential of being pizza, and the potential of pizza is enough for it to have a soul.
6: You know, this is all just conjecture from the, uh, the dead sea salt scrolls they found in the ancient pizza hut. Now... It's. This is all just people making up the the point of view that they want to know. So it's. It's. I. I don't. I respect that. That's what you believe. But from a scientific standpoint, no.
0: And I'm not. I'm not saying that's. That's what I believe. But having a, a pizza expert on the show, I. I, I do want to see your opinion on all these different perspectives. Oh so, yes, so, yeah. I. I'm,
4: I'm
6: sorry for getting heated. This is a conversation I have with my son every Thanksgiving, and it's it's just it heats up. Why am I talking about this on the radio? We,
0: no, no worries, no worries. Well, yeah, we uh, we appreciate you being in, Professor. Um, yes. So let's let's dive back into the story and uh, hear the epic conclusion of part one of our story, looking into the uh, secret life of pizza in small town America. <music> Before long, a contingent of the Papa Jay Gang entered the California Pizza Kitchen. Two men and a small but nonetheless deadly-looking woman. The chef told me who they were. The big guy in the front, he's the Godfather. And the rough guy, to his right, that's a DiGiorno. Although he likes to think he's as good as the delivery. And uh, the girl there, she's uh, she's a little CeCe. She's a cousin of Little Caesars, but she betrayed him and came to work for the Godfather. Her breadstick skills... Second to none in this town, save uh, maybe only Chucky. I'm sorry, who is... Shh! They're a-starting. The Godfather sat down opposite the Baron. DiGiorno stood behind and to the left of the Godfather, hands relaxed but very near his own pizza cutter. Cece remained at the door, arms crossed as she stared into the middle ground, observing everything around her.
4: My scouts say you're very talented with a pizza cutter.
0: The Baron only gave a slight nod to the Don.
4: It would be a shame if your talents were going to waste. So I'd, I'd like you to come work for me. I'm willing to pay you. Three arcade tokens.
0: The Baron looked squarely at the Don, then up at DiGiorno, then back to the Don. Then he yawned and motioned to Chef Boyardee to bring in the check. The Don looked nervously at the Baron, and then at the chef.
4: Okay, four arcade tokens. Five.
0: Boyardi brought over the bill. His hands clearly shaking as he approached the Don and Di Giorno. The Baron hastily tossed a few arcade tokens onto the plastic tray containing the ticket.
4: <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. Six arcade tokens. Shit, seven. You add very slowly.
0: The Baron gathered his effects and began for the door, with the Godfather closely in tow.
4: Ten. 20. 25. Okay, 30. 30 fucking tokens.
0: By now, the Baron was approaching the front door. Cece narrowed her eyes, but slowly moved clear of the Baron.
4: 40. 45. 50. 50
3: arcade That's tokens. what, Godfather. Godfather, nonsense.
5: You, you can't be serious. Ain't I'm nobody serious. worth 50 arcade tokens, Not Godfather. You. you how su- can you How can you, you even suck. suggest Shut it? the how
4: fuck can you, up. You saw what he can do, the Little Caesars guys.
1: Look, why don't we just wait until Chucky gets back into town, boss? Then we can take out the Little Caesars in one fell swoop. We don't need this fucking guy, how can we even trust him? And let him go? And where do you think he'll go, hmm?
4: Just leave town? Or will he go strike a bargain with Little Caesar himself?
0: DiGiorno frowned in consideration as the Godfather turned back to the Red Baron.
4: So what do you say, 50 arcade tokens? Half now, half when the Caesars are dead, and you live and eat in my home until then. Soup, salad, and breadsticks. All the breadsticks you could ever want. Do we have a deal? It certainly appears so. We're nearly halfway through the episode and there's no way I could normally fix your problems in such a short time. So you know what that means. Pizza montage? Pizza
0: montage. And just like that, the Baron went to work for the Godfather. It wasn't long, though, before the deal went sour.
5: Why pay the Baron? when we can simply kill him when the deal is done. Then we can save all 50 arcade tokens.
4: I've decided to go work for Little Caesar. Pizza, pizza. And Little Caesar says you can stay here while you're working for us.
1: This isn't
5: a game. We ain't playing dominoes, pizza, for Christ's sake.
4: I've decided to go back to work for the Godfather. Yes, the 50 arcade tokens. Just like we promised.
0: Then, we're gonna take this guy here for a little
5: visit to Pizza the Hut. I've
4: decided to go back to work for Little Caesar. Pizza, pizza. Yeah, Little Caesar says we're gonna
0: hit a big shipment of toppings coming into town from across the border. It's a load of confit anchovy raisins. They're the linchpin in the Godfather's new pizza campaign. The garlic aioli pause button mushroom ranch surprise pizza with confit
6: anchovy raisins and a cheeseburger reduction. I
4: don't know any of the, Can you just point at who I'm supposed to. Okay, I'll get them. All right. I've made enough arcade tokens for now, I, I think I'm, it might finally be time
5: for me to leave this town.
0: Is your pizza average? Hey kids, I ordered us some average pizza.
2: Aww... Don't settle for average! Call or order online right this very second for the most spectacular pizza deal deal of of the decade! decade. Any prime number of medium or large sized pizzas for 70% off with our membership in our Super Super Prime Prime Pizza Power Plan! At a monthly rate that can't be beat, so don't even try! And check out our secret menu with our newest, most extreme flavor! The deep-fried green pepper, seven-layer salami, button mushroom, lactose-free, nacho cheese, watermelon, burrito pizza with a cardamom and cinnamon-infused parfait brulee dipping sauce. Order now! It's pizza!
0: The morning came when the Red Baron and I were ready to leave town. I had enough footage to sort through for a decent story, and the Red Baron even gave me ten arcade tokens to take with me on my way but the violence had been escalating and the two gangs seemed set for mutually assured destruction. And while the Baron had done plenty of work for each gang, they had begun to grow tired of his unpredictability and it now was too dangerous for him to stay in town. We met on the edge of the town, having taken a ride from a pizza delivery guy from the California Pizza Kitchen. The busted Honda CRX puttered off back towards the center of town for another fare. I went to shake the Baron's hand and suddenly he froze and slowly turned back towards the retreating car.
2: What 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 is it, man? I I didn't tip the driver. I have to go back. Go back? You you
0: you can't. It's it's simply too dangerous right now. It's it's not it's not worth it, man.
4: You just don't see, do you? You have to tip the driver. It's not about the toppings. It's never been about the toppings. It's the right thing to do. A hero always has to have a downfall, the money, a girl, the fame. For me, it's the tip. Just the tip. I, I gotta go back there. I gotta give him the money. Otherwise, I fall into the same problem that we saw in The Dark Knight. Which was incidentally one of my favorite films that they put into production.
0: The chef was right. You, You were crazy.
4: And so we trotted back
0: towards the California pizza kitchen to leave the delivery guy one last tip. But when we got there, things took a turn.
5: Well, well, well. Here,
1: a red baron from the Frozen section, up north!
0: A huge rat, wearing a purple shirt emblazoned with a large yellow C, stood at the bar, flanked on all sides by store managers, franchisees, waiters, and even a few grizzled old animatronic actors. Their dead eyes panned back and forth across the confrontation.
5: And I trust you know who I am, don't you?
4: You must be Chuck. Chuck E. Cheese. Been hearing a lot about you. (laughs) Good to finally meet you. You're shorter than I imagined.
0: The Baron's hand moved slightly to his hip, where the tasseled end of his red scarf hid the handle of the razor-sharp wheel, ready to slice through any dish, Ah, hot or cold.
5: Ah, ah, ah. Not so fast there, Red Baron. Don't try anything foolish. We wouldn't want to make this messier than it has to be.
0: Suddenly, Chuck E. Cheese drew a slingshot from his back pocket and loaded up a steaming hot pizza bite. I cringed nervously with the dangerous snack item now in play, and Chef Boyardee was nowhere to be seen.
4: Now, listen. We don't have to pull. Any Without
3: cameras.
0: warning, Chuck let loose the pizza bite, which flew across the room and directly into the Baron's open mouth.
3: Ooh, ooh. Oh! 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 Oh, Baron! It's hot, but
4: somehow frozen, but not where I want it to be.
2: Ah, fuck.
0: As the Red Baron fell to his knees, the Papa J gang members closed in and took him down. It was only by sheer luck, and, and my press jacket, that I was able to narrowly escape.
1: everybody and uh welcome to after the plot if you're just joining us we are here in the studio and i am your host nolan Lacey. and i am your host good job Lacey. we are here with a professor uh i'm I'm gonna mess this up i apologize again because i've heard it both ways uh um gyro 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 it's okay it's
6: it's my whole
1: life we're here with a professor from the Department of Flavonoid Engineering at Fried Rice University. And as we just heard in the conclusion of our story, pizza bites seem to be even more deadly than pizza in general. Yeah. Uh oh, yes. it it seems like there is a hot and cold function to pizza bites. Is is there any particular reason that they are so much more dangerous? Well, you know, it's it's there
6: there's so many things we, we could go on a molecular structure here. Uh, about about uh, just all the different kinds of cheeses shoved onto one small bite-sized uh uh bagel uh, or we could just go with the fact that um you know when when pizzas on a bagel you could kill with pizza any time it's it's no more specific uh, pizza weapon anymore when when pizza's on a bagel it's it's it becomes, the the uses for it become nigh endless. Um, So uh,
1: I want to ask you, though, why, why is there such a heat differential in these pizza bites? It seems like whenever you bite into one, not only do you burn your tongue, you also freeze your tongue. So... I want to ask you about the, the differential in the, the quantum entanglement and the hot and cold of the different cheeses on, in these pizza bites. I, I'm a bit of an amateur pizzaologist in my spare time. Oh. And, um, you know, I, I know that this entanglement, as you heat up one particle of cheese in these bagel bites or these pizza bites, the, the other particles tend to get colder. Is there is there a specific reason? I, I know with Swiss cheese, uh, you know, the entanglement properties of that because there are holes in the cheese there are perfect sphere shaped cheese uh, balls elsewhere yes. Yes. until you cut into it it's like and schrodinger's could, cheese yeah.
6: no it's it's actually called schrodinger swiss it's if you cut it you collapse the wave function and we have no way of knowing you know science is still working on it uh, but you you explained it very well like exactly as as one uh, cheese gets hotter, the other gets cooler, and, and they cause, a, uh, they cause a, uh, a polar opposite reaction. And mm. in reality, uh, it's not the particles that uh, become hot or cold. It's the smell that affects your brain, and uh, it convinces you that they are hot or cold. It's like, have you ever put your hand on the top of a very hot car? And yes. it felt cold for a minute. Yes. It's like that, but
1: way so the, more extreme. The the observation is actually with your nose and not with the the heat sensing part of your tongue. So that that's why you can have both hot and cold when you're observing it. Precisely. Okay. Yes. Professor, are
6: are pizza bites legal in all 50 states? No, they're not. It's uh actually uh, uh something that that people are are fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot it's it's the the pizza bites and uh any kind of uh concealed pizza you know that you could just walk into somewhere and no one would know any pizza that is smaller than uh than uh eight inches in diameter is. this is why pizza delivery boys have to carry the pizza on the outside right right they always have
0: it in a bag clearly marked pizza
6: yes precisely you know, you you can't walk into a a pawn shop with a you know with a rifle bear, but uh, you you also can't walk into it with a a you also can't walk into it with a a, a bold faced pizza. You know, what about French bread pizza? Uh,
1: now, I, because it's oh, not round, man. it doesn't it doesn't have an eight inch diameter, but many French bread pizzas are over a foot long.
6: Now, French bread pizza is is kind of the loophole around a lot of this and and that's why you'll find most crimes committed with pizza nowadays are done with french bread pizza that's true because there's there's no real legislation on it yet and and congress needs to pass common sense french bread pizza laws but i don't think we're ever really gonna get there uh can we ask? Can I ask you one more question? I Certainly. appreciate
0: your, your your expertise in this area. Absolutely. Where, where where do Stromboli's fall in on this spectrum? Because to me, as not as not an expert in the area, a Stromboli is simply a pizza that you fold it over in half before the cooking process. Does this negate the nature of it being a pizza? Because it seems to me like this almost puts it into the the category of
6: taco. It uh, <laughs> you're, you're asking for or which came first, the chicken or the egg. Good job. It's, uh, it's, it's a big argument in the science community, but, but one we mostly just laugh at? You know, it, okay. it, that, and the cow zone and the zone, they, they all fall into the same kind of, kind of gray area of, you know, we, we just won't know until we find the, the missing, uh, the missing sausage link. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, we're, we're pretty sure all pizza started with sausage as, as the first topping. So it, uh, you know, once we find that, that link that's missing, mm-hmm. we'll have it. That'd be exciting. that will be exciting. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, let's see. Uh, we've got a few more minutes in the show. Ryan, do you think we should,
1: um, it's, it's Nolan. Do you think we should go to take a call maybe? I think this would be a good time to take a call because we're going to, again, have a two-part to this story. I think fielding some questions to clarify what's coming next week could could really help. Sure. Okay. Well, let's. Um, let me check with the producer here. Can we, can we take a call?
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, hello. Welcome. You are uh, you're on the air. Welcome to After the Plot. Who who are we speaking with?
4: Hi, I'm I'm Randy Ian Thompson. Hey, uh, Randy, where I, you,
0: where are you calling from?
4: I'm calling from Pennsylvania.
6: Oh, okay. I I gotta ask you, uh, th- this whole thing has been real confusing for me. Are you talking to Pizza, or are you talking to people that work for Pizza?
1: Well. Uh, Randy where where do you really draw the line between talking to pizza and talking to pizza people
0: Well I I think what I think what he's asking is you know did we feel that we actually communicated throughout the story and Randy I got to tell you in the beginning a lot of these characters were a little standoffish a little cold but I feel like the communication did come after and I hope that in reporting we brought that level of communication about these issues to the surface Does that does that answer your question?
6: No, it doesn't. I, I, you're, you're not. No, I, I. Well, I mean, there's that. And then how, how do people use pizza as a weapon? I don't understand that
3: one.
0: Now, I honestly, I agree with you. I don't know why somebody, I don't know how somebody could bring themselves to use such a weapon against another person. And honestly, when I was reporting the story, the level. Of of pizza violence that I saw was was really staggering. So,
1: but honestly, when when you look at the shape pizzas cut in, I mean, it's very easy to make spearheads or knives, daggers. You know, like the professor was saying, you bite into a crust and make a little point out of it, and you got yourself a good uh, good little throwing dagger. Yeah. But how could you? I mean, pizza is such a a family meal. How how could you use it for violence? I I understand what you're saying, Randy. It's it's
4: amazing
0: the lengths that people will go to sometimes
1: uh thanks for calling randy we really appreciate you
0: i hope you'll uh keep listening to uh part two of our episode
4: no no wait now you okay
0: didn't, all right thanks well that's just great i i really love it when we have uh fans calling into the show to express their opinions and discuss with us the stories that we are telling
1: it uh, it feels really rewarding when we're able to answer someone's question so thoroughly for them i agree i agree Well,
0: uh, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of our listening audience, that is about all the time we have for today. Uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in this month to After the Plot. Uh, I want to extend a... uh A warm thank you to Professor Lindberger for joining us for this episode. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. If you are interested in hearing any other of our stories, which we have reported on, check out our website, finalplank.com, or uh, look us up wherever you get your podcasts. You can also drop us a line at Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Everything is at finalplank. And let's see, Nathaniel, is there anything else
1: that we need to go over with our audience? It's Nolan, and I, I don't believe so. I think you've covered it. I think uh, the conclusion to this story is really going to, I, I think as the tensions rise in part two, you guys will understand that this really was just the crust of this story and that in the next part, it will come to light and um, really expose what's happening in small town America yeah. in a lot of places because I don't think this is an isolated story. We
0: will certainly find out next month when you tune in and join us on After the Plot. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. After the Plot is produced by Brent Lacey, Nolan Lacey, and Tanvi Takur. Additional talent is provided by David Hallman. Brent Lacey edits the show. The theme music was composed by Jared Bookbinder. Sound effects are provided courtesy of freesound.org. Additional music was provided by Kevin MacLeod. My Mistake. Four Coffins. After the Plot is a production of Final Blank Media. So I suggest you make like a dried basil and (laughs) leave. You make like some red pepper and crack. Uh, You make like some Parmesan cheese and stay the fuck in the jar.